Thank you. 
25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
can be amazing you can turn a phrase into a weapon or a drug you can be the outcast or be the backlash of somebody's lack of love or you can start speaking up nothing's gonna hurt you the way that words do and they settle neath your skin get on the inside no sunlight sometimes a shadow wins but i wonder what would happen if you say what you want to say and let the Kivini kolayoy, kivini kolayoy, kivini kolayoy. 
J.M. in the A.M. Lots of good stuff, huh? Yeah, I have to admit it. We're playing some amazing and incredible songs. <laughs> I admit it. Guilty as charged. Shlomo Katz, brand new, uh, making good on his commitment to um, record and release 40 songs in honor of his 40th birthday. That's song number two, Shlomo Katz with Todah. Eitan Katz had Odi Shama. Mimi was done by Yossi Green. Lipa with Melech Malchei Hamlachim. You heard Simcha Liner and Meheira. Kamo Eish done by Avi Peretz. Yisrael Werdiger had Kivinu. Brave was the YU Maccabees. Mordechai Shapiro with Avinu. And of course, Regesh. Modaani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Tuesday at a quarter before 7 o'clock on this June 30th. Halfway through 2020. Wow. It is the eighth day in the month of Tammuz, the year 5780, Tufshin And our um, incredible desire to have control over what's happening in this world and what's happening in our world, uh, that desire has not been met. <laughs> that desire continues to be one confusing desire. God continues to prove to us, even three and a half months later, that we are in control of nothing. And uh, what will be over the next few weeks, over the next few months, nobody knows. It really is amazing. What a period of time we started around Purim. Just an incredible period of time. Historic period of time. What will the world look like when this is all over? Nobody knows. I started thinking back, by the way, because I have a, um, and the truth is we should really, maybe during the three weeks we'll have time to discuss some of these things uh, more in depth. Um, But I've... uh, Spent a lot of time thinking about how different the world was once the Spanish flu ended at around 1920, once the polio vaccine was really being utilized nationally in the mid-50s. And it really is amazing how uh, how different the world was pre the end of Spanish flu and post-Spanish flu. And it's really amazing what the world was like pre-vaccine for polio and post-vaccine for polio. And I wonder, as things develop, what the world will be like um, post-COVID-19 compared to how things were back during a period of time that we all thought we were completely in control of, pre-COVID-19. It's really something, I'll tell you. The whole thing is amazing. I don't know if anybody out there thinks about this stuff as much as I do, but um, it really is amazing when you think about it. Um, anyway, welcome to a Tuesday on this June 30th. That's how we started this conversation because we're halfway through the, um, the year 2020. The majority of the first half, again, spent in this uncertainty. What will the second half of 2020 look like? Good question. I was watching an interview being done the other night by uh, a really prominent, wonderful rabbi in this country. And uh, one of the things they said was that uh, we don't even know what Rosh Hashanah is going to look like. You know, Rosh Hashanah is basically two and a half months away, maybe a drop longer, a little bit under three months away. And what will Rosh Hashanah look like? How many people will be allowed in shul? What will services look like? 
How long will services be? Will there be the regular, you know, service led by the regular cantor? Rosh Hashanah is a really important, and for most people, a really significant holiday. For most people, it's really, you know, you, I believe if you if you ask people to rank their favorite Jewish holidays, I always think Rosh Hashanah is going to be toward the top. Yeah, I always think that. I could be wrong. Are there people who would put Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkot, and Purim, and Hanukkah before Rosh Hashanah? Maybe. Maybe. I could see that, I guess. <laughs> but I always think Rosh Hashanah, at least on my list, it's always near the top. Really, really near the top in terms of favorite Jewish holidays. And uh, what will it look like this year? What will it be like for, for people around the world? It's impossible to know that. And the uncertainty is just uh, is just so so stark and so previously unimaginable. It really is something, I'll tell you. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry for waxing philosophic. It is uh, JM in the AM. My name is Nahum Siegel. Those of you who have not yet yet supported our 2020 fundraiser, we're asking you to please pay careful attention to our efforts. Uh, we've been here for 36 years. We've also been here for three and a half months every single day. The only days I missed was those two days last week for the elbow surgery. By the way, the dressing, the fat dressing that everyone saw yesterday on our on our daily thread finally comes off today. The staples won't be removed until sometime next week. But I cannot wait to get this thing off of my arm. What time will it happen? Probably sometime between 10 and noon. I am thinking, though, maybe <laughs> I'm in a very talkative mood this morning. I am thinking of sticking around the studio and, and finishing my work here and then going home and taking it off in the early afternoon. I'm thinking I'm thinking of switching around my day like that. Originally, I would plan to go take care of this now in the morning and then come back and, uh, and work. But I, I think I may do that. Anyway, we'll see how that works out. By the way, a special shout-out to Jack Shelby. From Shelby's Gotta Eat, Jack is a very, very longtime friend. And uh, he's got a brand new Jack's Magic Dust. I believe that's what he calls it. Uh, I don't even want to say what it is. It's a cooking a cooking enhancement. But but before, I'm going to let him explain. He's scheduled to join us this coming Thursday here at uh, the Nahum Siegel Network on our live lunch. And I'm certainly looking forward to it. Uh, the last time he was on, which was the live lunch we did from Lakewood, I think that was the last time he was on, uh, he got into a really, really serious cooking discussion with Miriam L. Wallach. It was very interesting listening to a professional and a, um, well, actually, I, I would say two professional uh, chefs sharing ideas and, uh, and discussing things. So we'll hopefully have him on this coming Thursday. Special shout-out to Jack. And if you don't follow Shelby's Gotta Eat on Instagram, you should. It's fun and good, and during these trying times, it's a it's a great escape. So you go to Instagram and you follow Shelby's Gotta Eat. Anyway, so um, so please remember us. We, we have been here every single day for a long, long time. And during COVID-19, even during Kolomoid, and even during legal holidays, we have been here. By the way, this coming week, right, the week that we're in right now, uh, tomorrow's July 1st, Friday's July 3rd, a lot of people are off. We're on. 
Monday is uh, is July 6th. I'm sure there'll be people who are off. We're going to be on. So please, give what you can and support our efforts. Salute the fact that we are here on behalf of the Jewish world every single day. Go to fjbunity.org. fjbunity.org. Be as generous as possible. And uh, and contribute and support JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. And I thank everybody out there who uh, continue to make the effort on our behalf. Uh, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Again, feel free to comment on the app and let us know where you are, what you want to hear, etc., etc. By the way, our friends at ArtScroll remind us that um, today's the last day of their June sale. 25% off everything in stores, 25% off everything online. But today's the last day. Go to artscroll.com, go to artscroll.com, and enjoy. Here's Joey Newcomb. No, you don't have to be Breslau to be Besimcha. But you gotta be Besimcha to be Breslau. No, you don't have to be Breslau to be Besimcha. But you gotta be Besimcha to be a year. Now you don't have to be Chabad to want Mashiach. Oh no, you don't, no, you don't, no, you but don't. But you gotta want Mashiach to be a year. Now you don't have to be a Tzioyi to love Eretz Yisrael. But you gotta love Eretz Yisrael to be a year. Oh no, you don't.
Sham in the AM. Yesi Green off of the Yes Legacy album with Hine Mato. Joey Newcomb before that. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to JNN. Galay Tzal, Mirushalayim, Asha Ashtayim, Shalom Rav, Khan Rani Avnai, Ima Shekorei Akshav. מקורבי ראש הממשלה נתניהו במתקפה חריפה נגד היועץ המשפטי מנדלבליט ומנסה למנוע מראש הממשלה את זכותו להליך משפטי הוגן. כתבנו לענייני משפט יובל הראל. בעקבות חוות הדעת של מנדלבליט לוועדת ההיתרים תקפו מקורבי נתניהו ואמרו כי היועץ המשפטי לממשלה מעצים את הרדיפה השערורייתית שלו נגד ראש הממשלה או טענו כי ניגוד העניינים של מנדלבליט זועק לשמיים ביד אחת מגיש כתב אישום מופרך כלשונם נגד נתניהו וביד השנייה עושה הכל כדי לחבל ביכולתו להליך הוגן. המתקפה החריפה באה לאחר שמנדלבליט הודיע כי הוא מתנגד לבקשת ראש הממשלה למימון של עשרה מיליון שקלים על ידי מקורבו להוצאותיו המשפטיות. שב"כ חשף התארגנות של חיזבאללה לגיוס אזרחים ישראלים למטרות ריגול, כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון צחי דבוש. חקירתן של שתי אזרחיות ישראליות ממג'ד אל-כרום חשפה כיצד ארגון חיזבאללה פועל לגייס אזרחים ישראלים כמרגלים. בהירות חמוד, אזרחית ישראלית בעברה ממג'ד אל-כרום, המתגוררת כיום בלבנון, נחשפה כמגייסת של אזרחים ישראלים כמרגלים בחיזבאללה. היא ובעלה גייסו באמצעות הפייסבוק מרגלים שפעלו מתוך ישראל. לאחר שאמש הוחלט לדחות בשבוע את אישור הצעת החוק איכוני השב"כ, ההצעה צפויה לעלות כבר היום לאישור המליאה בקריאה שנייה ושלישית, לאחר שראש הסגל במשרד ראש הממשלה דרש מיושב ראש ועדת חוץ וביטחון בכנסת צחי צבי האוזר לאשר מיד את החוק. במהלך דיון בוועדה טען חבר הכנסת האוזר איכון הפלאפונים מציל חיים. הכלי הזה מסייע בחיי אדם. החלופה לכלי הזה, פקודת הזמן הנוכחית, היא הרחבה של סגרים ושל אמצעים אחרים שפוגעים במשקי הבית בצורה משמעותית, ולכן אנחנו צריכים לעשות הכל כדי למנוע את אותה פגיעה במשקי הבית. כתבנו יניר קוזין מזכיר שהצעת חוק תאפשר לשב"כ להשתמש בכלים טכנולוגיים שונים כדי לסייע באיתור נדבקים בניסיון למנוע שרשרת הדבקה. יממה לתאריך היעד להחלת ריבונות, גורם ישראלי בכיר אומר, מתחזקים המסרים שהפלסטינים מעוניינים לקדם תהליכים מדיניים יחד עם ישראל. פרסמה את הדברים כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרה פולברג. בימים האחרונים ישנם ניסיונות מצד דיפלומטים גרמנים לקיים פגישה בין נציגים ישראלים לפלסטינים. גורם ישראלי בכיר אומר לנו כי בתקופה האחרונה נשמעים קולות אירופאים שמצביעים על נכונות של נציגים פלסטינים לקדם תהליכים מדיניים ביחד עם ישראל. מנכ"ל משרד הבריאות, פרופסור חזי לוי, חתם על הצו שיאפשר לקיים קייטנות ומחנות קיץ בחופש הגדול. עם הפרטים כתבנו לענייני חינוך, דורון קדוש. על פי מתווה הפעלת הקייטנות, עד כיתה ד' הפעילות תתאפשר בקבוצות של 35 תלמידים לכל היותר. מכיתה ה' ומעלה הפעילות תאושר ל-25 ילדים בלבד. הקבוצות צריכות להיות קבועות ללא תחלופה של אנשי צוות. לינה מותרת בקבוצות של עד 25 גם כן, במבנה ובשטח פתוח, ובתנאי שישמר מרחק של 2 מטר. ומזג האוויר, ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
הקדוש ברוך הוא, כלי מחזיק ברכה לישראל. לא מצא, לא מצא, הקדוש ברוך הוא, ברכה לישראל, אלא שלום. השם הוא... 
Sham in the AM, a song called Lo Matza. Aish volume number three featuring Chaim Yisrael on that selection here at JM in the AM. That's a good one. That is a good one. 
Uh, before that, Ohad, you heard both uh, Sameach and Sadikim here on a Tuesday morning broadcast, JM and AM. Final day of June, halfway through 2020. It's the 8th of Tammuz. Good morning, everybody. A week from Thursday is Shavasar Batamos, the beginning of the three weeks. Hard to believe that this calendar continues to move as quickly as it does. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Please do. Don't forget to support us. If you haven't yet given in our uh, 2020 fundraiser, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and we thank you for that. Um, We're asking those who are seeking employment, those who are seeking employment, um, go to, um, or I shouldn't say go to, please send us your resumes. If you or someone in your family is looking for a job during these difficult times, Send us your resume. You never know when we may know somebody who we can match you up with. That's number one. And number two, our friends at the Joel Paul Group are uh, taking care of all the resumes that are in the professional Jewish not-for-profit arena. In fact, uh, I got a note the other day from Willie Hochman, and he pointed out that, as many of us know, a lot of not-for-profits, especially the larger ones, have been laying people off. Um, The Joel Paul Group has clients who are now hiring. The Joel Paul Group has clients who are now hiring. So if you've been recently laid off due to the pandemic or if you're looking for your next job in the not-for-profit sector, email your resume to resume at nahumsegal.com, resume at nahumsegal.com. And, um, and, of course, we will forward them to the Joel Paul Group if they're in that category of a Jewish not-for-profit executive positions. All right, so keep that in mind. Get your resumes in, everybody. Resume at NahumSiegel.com. In fact, some people have been writing resumes. I don't think that gets to us. If it's plural, I don't think it gets to us. It's got to be resume, an M-E at the end, resume at NahumSiegel.com. All right, so keep that in mind. JM in the AM, Mike Bain, president of the OU, is going to join us about 20 minutes from now. Uh, they've got a unique program that's going on nationwide this summer for kids. Uh, we uh, spoke about it with um, David Cutler the other day, but we'll get the whole overall picture from Mosh Bain as president of the OU. So we'll do that coming up here at JM in the AM. Um, this coming Friday is July 3rd. Nonetheless, we will have a weekly update. Yeah, you'd think uh, we may be off, right? Legal holiday and all that. No, 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 no. We're here between 6 and 9 a.m. every single morning earlier than 6 during bonus JM, later than 9 sometimes, especially Friday, sometimes we go overtime. One of the benefits of having our own network, we get to do whatever we want, which is nice, frankly. Another reason why we should be supported. Um, Anyway, weekly update, uh, 7.40 Eastern time this coming Friday. Lots of stuff in the news over the last couple of weeks. Oh, yes, there's a lot of stuff in the news. So we'll try to get to all of it. Next week, or I should say this coming Friday, here at JM and the AM. Uh, so I got a really nice email from Ruvain Brick, and on the on the topic of employment, there's so many people affected, obviously, by the pandemic. Those who are in the travel industry, our hearts go out to you. It, it must be so difficult right now. And I, I, I don't even know what to say. It, it, you know, For those who are in the travel industry and want to stay in it, it is a real battle, I could only imagine. Um, so our hearts go out to you. The Broadway community, 
my next door neighbors are big members of the Broadway community who were flying high uh, in their roles on Broadway um, up until Purim time. And now, as you heard, the Broadway is not reopening until 2021, which is a half a year from now. So people who are in the entertainment industry and have anything to do with uh, Broadway and cinema and concert venues, etc. A real uh, difficult period of time. Travel, we said, very difficult period of time. Those who are in the hotel industry, the airline industry, etc. So the reason I mention all this is because, honestly, it is... It is um, a sense of re- it is with a sense of relief that I get an email like the one I got from Ruvain Brick, because we are so accustomed now to thinking that every industry is 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 having this you know dark cloud hovering over it during this pandemic, and and it's it's good to hear. When we speak to people in certain industries, especially those that we never dreamt would be doing well at this time, there's an article in today's paper about um, piano sales. Those who broker pianos are doing extremely well during the pandemic. Who who would have thunk it? But people who are at home, you know, who want to bring in a piano and practice or play, whatever it is, you know, they're doing that now. So you never know. We know about the jigsaw puzzle industry doing very well right now, obviously. Uh, medical supplies that have to assume doing well. Um, anyway, so I'll, I'll get to the point. Don't worry, I will get to the point. So Ruvain Brick sends us an email. He's over at uh, B&H, and we have a lot of friends over at B&H, which I guess, yeah, could stand for Baruch Hashem also. We have a lot of friends there in our community. And um, you know, he writes that now he's working at about 75 hours a week at this point. His department has been very, very busy. And he's up really early, tuned into the network. And again, I know there have been layoffs, obviously, and certain departments don't do as well during this time as others. But it's good to hear that certain departments uh, of certain industries are right now very strong. Maybe strong enough that one person has to take the role of two jobs for one salary. Okay, but I'm sure people in that situation are thankful they have a salary, thank God. Anyway. Ruvain says, been listening since 6 a.m. Great music today since Pesach. I've been putting in about 75 hours a week. My department's been busy, and I'm up early listening. And uh, the week is long, I could only imagine. Uh, he wants to know if we have time for a Maishi Tischler selection. Huh. In fact, we do. Uh, Maishi Tischler is brand new here at JM in the AM. Plenty more coming up, everybody. Keep it here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Let's go. 
Let me fall into your arms at the end of the day and get lost on your ancient pathways the moment of quiet when I'm on my knees all in a burning sun let me find Go in the dark, and the moon hangs low. 
trees in the sand where nothing would grow and now I feel connected no matter where I go here in my heart you are my home and now I understand the work we'll have to do to keep this garden growing to make a dream come true Farm. Walk With Me is the name of that one from Soul Farm. Before that, Maishi Tischler. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman, kosher hot dog sausage and deli is the world's best. And guess what? The hot dogs are now available in every Trader Joe's nationwide. If you're in a Trader Joe's in uh, Arlington, Texas, I should really look up where there really are Trader Joe's. When I say this, it makes sense. (laughs) That'd be a good idea. Uh, If you're in a Trader Joe's in Arlington, Texas, or Arlington, Virginia, or uh, Arlington, Massachusetts, I don't know if there's an Arlington, Massachusetts. I have a feeling there is, but I'm not sure. Um, anyway, or if you're in Jacksonville, Florida, or in, uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, you think there's one in Silver Spring? Probably, right? Anyway, every Trader Joe's nationwide has A&H hot dogs, and uh, for good reason, because they're amazing and delicious, and we had them for dinner on a Sunday night, and I'm telling you, just phenomenal. Thank you, Seth Levitt. Keep those hot dogs coming. Um, J.M. and the A.M. are by David Goldwasser's words. Zechonishmas Harav Zevnerbos of Alevi and Zechonishmas Esther Basrabos of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in Tehillim, Yochlu Anovim Vispo, the humble will eat and be satisfied. 
Those who seek Hashem will praise Him. We have an interesting question. What does being humble have to do with being satisfied? The Zarashimshan points out, we learn in the Talmud, Rav Acha, the son of Rav Huna, said in the name of Rav Sheshes, that is like people say, feeling a person's stomach is a type of sin. The reason is because it says in Devarim, Viram Levavcha, that the person will eat, he'll become proud in his heart, Vishachachta es Hashem, and then they will forget Hashem. The Zerashimshan says that when a person eats and is totally satisfied, at that point, he has to be concerned that the Yetzirah can be miscover, can gain the upper hand, and they'll forget about Hashem. However, the Mekubalim, the great mystics say that there is nothing more important among the good midos, the good characteristics, than anivus, modesty. As it says, anava gedoyla mikulon, that anava is greater than anything. Why? Because the person that is humble says the spirit of Hashem is upon me. Hashem anoints me to bring me to do good things, to be humble. It doesn't say the tzaddikim or the chassidim, but rather the anovim. We learn from that that humility is greater than all of the midos. That's the reason that humility weakens the power of the Yetzirah. We see there that a person who is an anov, a person that is truly humble, can eat and drink and be satisfied. We're not afraid that the Yetzirah, that the evil inclination is going to win over him and he's going to forget about Hashem. That is the Mila of the person that is humble. The great Simperov lived in Williamsburg. He was an extremely humble man, and he always shunned any type of honor whatsoever. Once, he was being introduced at a national convention that had gathered in Williamsburg. It was a gathering of people from all over the states. They were introducing him, and he was sitting at the table on stage. However, he couldn't take the fact that the one who was introducing him was praising him. They saw him begin to sink lower and lower in his chair. By the time that the chairman finished his introduction, they found the great Simperov was sitting underneath the table. Such is the humility of great people. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, Bringing you morning physic. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. Tuesday. A reminder that our friends at Art Scroll, uh, it's the final day of their June 25% off everything sale. Literally the final day. You can walk into a, a retail store or you can uh, go to their website and save. But today's the last day. 25% off across the board on everything. Go to artscroll.com. Again, artscroll.com. And we, we spoke to our Besser last week. And from what I'm told, the book about Rabbi Trank is flying off the shelves. And I'm glad it is. As I uh, discussed with Rabbi Besser, in my opinion, it is one of the best recent Musser Sfarim, or Musser books, I should say. I don't know anybody who would call it a safer. I think Rabbi Besser would agree with that, but certainly a book uh, with tremendous lessons to learn from and tremendous things to incorporate into our own lives, whether we are educators or not. Uh, Maish Bain is with us live via telephone. He, of course, is the uh, president of the OU, the Orthodox Union, and with thousands of Jewish teens 
left without summer programs due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The OU has developed a platform of local summer programs for teens, college students, and Yachad members across more than 30 cities in the U.S. and Canada. It will launch July the 6th, which is uh, this coming Monday, in partnership with the OU's uh, NCSY, Yachad, and OUJLIC Project Community 2020 will offer participants recreation, Jewish learning, and volunteer experiences helping to bring support to their local communities. President of the Orthodox Union, Maish Bain, welcome back to JM in the AM. It is always an honor to be with you. I appreciate that. Thank God everyone's doing well here. I hope it's the same by you. Baruch Hashem, everybody's doing great. Thank you. Uh, So the OU certainly, again, uh, has uh, seen a need in the community and now has discovered a way to meet that need in the community. When did it become obvious that this summer would be very, very different uh, for teens across the United States of America? Well, you know, over the last several months, the OU has been struggling in NCSY in particular, and Yachad as well, with the summer programs that we typically run. We were supposed to have between 1,700 and 2,000 uh, students on our programs, many, most of which were going to be in Israel. And it was a heart-wrenching process to watch whether or not we'd be able to go forward with those programs, because they are really such transformative programs. But as things began to evolve and it became increasingly clear that there was going to be a very high likelihood, and it turned out to be a certainty, that we were not able to run our programs. We began to think, you know, it's not just the students who are supposed to be on our programs who may be left without preoccupation this summer or growth opportunities this summer, but high school students in general. We also, at the same time, had another problem, which was there were so many community needs that were growing that really didn't have the resources to address. And we began to realize, hey, you know, there's a great shidduch to be made here. You're going to have high school students without their plans able to go forward and all these community needs that aren't being addressed. Let's put them together for a few weeks and see if we could alleviate some of those communal needs through the resources of our high school teens. Some of those needs include assisting the elderly, working with individuals with special needs in their families, helping single-parent households, uh, helping the health care heroes, of which there are many in this country now who have been working on the front line of the pandemic response. There's a lot of chesed to be done out there and a lot of needs that need to be met. And yes, the uh, amazing uh, group of teens that you uh, supervise uh, nationwide uh, certainly can meet uh, that need. Um, Maish, a lot of this can be done in person. People who think that all of the things you just described are Zoom only, some of it with the you know proper guidelines of each individual state will hopefully be able to done, be done live and in person. Well, that, that's certainly our hope. The programs are being designed to operate primarily in person, but of course there's a week-to-week monitoring that we have to uh, impose because yeah. things change daily. And because we're running the programs all across the country, our staff in each of the locations has to be in touch with the local health authorities and the medical experts we've uh, designated to make decisions, and it may be very different week to week. And therefore, the way we structured the program is a week-by-week program. A person, a student is able to register for one week or two weeks or more, more than that and be able to see what's going to happen that particular week because things, as you know, are in such flux right now. But we, we really hope and we pray that all of the programs will be able to be done in person with various contours and limitations to make sure we're abiding by the regulations. Mike Spain with us, president of the OU. Um, the importance of the uh, summer programs is, I mean, we've discussed it a million times on this show, and many people understand how vital the programs are for students around the country, maybe even more vital 
for the, I don't know, 50% or whatever the official number is of students from around this country who are public school students. I always marvel, and you and I have discussed this so many times, how many parents and families and individual teenagers who could spend their summer in so many varieties of ways that are open to those teens in this country choose to go to Israel to incorporate, obviously, touring and fun, but also to incorporate tefillah and Torah study, etc. It's really remarkable. And I worry, and I know it doesn't pay to lament because you know we could be doing that all day with these circumstances of COVID-19, uh, but still I worry about those students. W- will the public school youth in this country be attracted to the programs that the OU is now uh, bringing to the forefront during this uh, summer of 2020? Well, we're certainly hoping that they will, but it really depends on the community. When we bring summer students from public schools to Israel in the summer and run the programs that we run so successfully, it really is a an outgrowth of the year-round programs that we have with public school teens throughout the country on a week-to-week, month-to-month basis throughout the year. And it's relationship building, and it's, it's exposing them to the beauty of Judaism in a very subtle and, and, and low-pressure way, which is very appropriate and the way we've been taught uh, by our leadership to approach Kirov and outreach. And those relationships have continued to grow during the pandemic. We've had probably higher degrees of one-on-one interactions with public school teens as well as our other NCSY students than ever before. Wow, that's good to know. I never would have predicted that. That's good to know. Yeah. It's incredible, and we're hoping that when we go back to regular programming, the one-on-one relationships will still be able to continue because, they are, in many ways, that is the greatest impact on a, on a one-on-one basis rather than in a group. But, you know, we have leverage op- opportunities. We want to touch as many young people as we can, so we do trade-offs. But ultimately, it is personal relationships that make the difference, both to public school teens to, as well as to yeshiva day school teens as well as to us adults. One-on-one relationships with our Torah pressures is really what makes us grow. And those one-on-ones, as we know from the Israel programs, those one-on-ones end up changing families because these youngsters go back to different places, east, west, north, south of North America, and they literally bring back incredible tradition, wonderful heritage, wonderful experiences to their families and their parents and their siblings. I'm not saying everybody's life changes, you know, 180 degrees, but everyone's life changes somehow. Uh, in a positive manner. It is really incredible. So, yeah, I'm not minimizing the one-on-one, but those programs have a way of just, you know, uh, of having a ripple effect on so many people in those youngsters' lives. No, there's no question. You know, Nahum, I, I traveled, at least I used to travel around the country <laughs> on a pretty consistent basis, and there was never a community that, I, that my wife and I did not visit, that we did not get approached by people who said, you know, I was a non-observant kid and I became religious through NCSY. Yeah. And the roles that, that these students who turn into adults are leadership roles in the community. Yeah. They have talents and, commi- and commitments and passion that really reverberate not only through their own families, but through the Orthodox community as they grow into leadership roles. Yeah. Are your family and friends happy that they actually know where you are now over the last few months? Or <laughs> that you don't... Well, it was, really, it was really a deprivation <laughs> because the only, the only sacrifice that my wife and I felt was that when we lost the opportunity to be at home and go to shul and schmooze with our friends, and here we are stuck at home, we still can't go to shul and <laughs> schmooze and talk to our friends. Although, Baruch Hashem, now it's starting, but yeah. for the many months that we were at home not traveling, we didn't get the counter-benefit that we always thought we were leaving behind. Life is funny, huh? Life is funny. Speaking of shuls, by the way, and I'm going to get back to our topic in a moment, but you brought up shuls. Uh, it is incredible the leadership role the OU has taken uh, with the guidelines, so with really sound advice, giving people the feeling 
that if they're not ready to go back to shul as individuals, no problem. Uh, you know, the, the, with halachic guidelines and proper guidance, people who are of a certain age, of a certain fear, frankly, uh, including the most observant people, people who are really careful about being in shul every single day during regular times, but they've been reassured by your rabbinic community and the the sisors that were uh, that were consulted to put together the OU guidelines. So kudos for that. I think that again, whether synagogues are following them to the letter or not, I think is irrelevant. Just the fact that they're out there, that they're available, and they really do have a positive message to them about our approach to synagogue during these times, I think is really important. Well, you know, thank you very much, Nachum. But it really is a reflection of the Torah leadership that the OU turns to when it confronts these kinds of challenges. You know, the OU's primary utilization is that of a distribution system. Mm. Because we're so well-known and almost iconic in the familiarity that the Orthodox community has, we're able to send out messages that people are able to receive. But we're really not the source of guidance, certainly when it comes to halacha. It's the rabbinic leadership that we have access to that have have agreed to donate their time to us and, and spend enormous amounts of time working through these issues. We are, we're also lucky to have put together a group of really leading medical experts from around the country, both academic and, and governmental, as well as private practice, to guide the postgame and give them the information that they needed. So by doing that on a collective basis, we were able to invest time that the entire community on a one-by-one basis would not have had the opportunity to, to be able to arrive at. So Baruch Hashem that we were able to do it, but really we, we're just a conduit. Well, you do have great rabbinic leadership, I'll tell you that much. Not that they need my endorsement, frankly. Um, All right, so now we spoke about how all of this is happening starting Monday in partnership with the OU, with NCSY, with Yachah, with OU, JLIC, uh, the initiative that will provide engaging programming for teens, college students, and Yachad members during the period of the summer of 2020, obviously in light of the COVID-19 situation. Big picture, Maish. And again, uh, I I wouldn't... one of the best things that ever happened to me, frankly, was by sheer coincidence, years ago, meeting some OU JLIC couples, those who are who have the presence on college campuses. And, and once I met one or two of these couples, I started really paying attention uh, to those that are you know doing this work around the country. And they are remarkable, tremendous talent, uh, doing things on the campus for these students that, you know, frankly, if they weren't there, they'd be lost in certain areas. Uh, I worry about the, uh, you know, about th- what the future looks like for NCSY, Yachad, JLIC, if the college campuses are not going to reopen the way, you know, we, we would hope they would in the near future. Uh, if the one-on-ones that were, that you described earlier, you know, it will not be available in both a regular NCSY and a Yachad setting. Uh, again, just like we shouldn't lament because there's no reason to, I guess we shouldn't conjecture either because nobody has a clue what's going to be tomorrow. It's one of the lessons we've learned from this whole thing. But does that go through your mind at all, how these three important elements could change in the next couple of years? Well, I, I don't think any of us believe that the limitations that we're currently suffering are going to be permanent. What we're trying to do is cope with them on the interim basis. You know, JLIC you raise has a particular problem in that for the last several months, the final months of the, of the academic year, the JLIC couples that you so appropriately rave about really worked harder than they ever worked in their lives. I mean, they were really learning on a one-by-one basis with their students and be able to answer their halakha questions and deal with other issues that they were confronting. But they had the benefit of most of the year and many of the students having been there a few years on campus to have developed those relationships with. What we're really worried about is this coming year where the early months at least may very well not have a direct contact 
between the student and the JLIC couple, it's going to be very hard to start that relationship remotely. Yep. So that is a concern that we have, and the same thing is true with the other programs. But we, like I said, I mean, I think all of us anticipate that there may be some problem, and schools, universities are still struggling with what they will do in September, October. But we're all very confident that eventually, whether it's two months, three months, or down the road, everybody will be back to normal, will be able to reengage. Well, a lot of organizations would wait until things got back to normal, but uh, everybody at the OU is uh, making sure to react properly and to introduce initiatives like this one. We say Kalaka vote for that. By the way, people are asking me uh, via email at the moment after I brought up the um, uh, the rabbinic uh, committee that you have at the OU. Will, would you, do you think we should anticipate special instructions, guidelines, or advice regarding uh, the observance of Tisha B'Av this year or what some may say even more importantly, uh, what uh, the rabbis have to say regarding the high holidays? Do you think those are things that the OU uh, will be encouraging them to, to release in the near future? Well, you know, it's interesting. We, we react primarily through the local rabbis. You know, local rabbonim of their various of their respective communities are really the primary party responsible for all the rituals and halachic issues that arise. We tend to get involved when there are broad issues that the rabbis are turning to us for guidance. Mm. And we don't know yet. I mean, we'll see the complexity, whether or not they turn to the OU for for help and guidance. Most of the time they don't, and they shouldn't. It really is a community-by-community basis. It's only when we see that there's an upswing in requests for a global uh, directive that we turn to the post game to give them that. Understood. Uh, Well, like I say, Kalakavod, you made the best uh, that you could of the summer of 2020, and uh, hopefully it'll be a great summer for so many of the students going to be taking advantage of this uh, uh, wonderful programming. And um, and hopefully, when we, when, we, when we speak again in 2021, we'll be talking about the uh, summer programs that we're used to because we know that uh, you have perfected those to the point that they have a tremendous effect on teens, their families, and the broader Jewish community. Uh, Mike Spain, I thank you. Continued thank success. Thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. I appreciate that. Mike Spain is the president of the OU. And um, everybody out there is invited to contact the OU and to find out more information about these programs that are being done in coordination with NCSY, Yachad, and JLIC. Um, Go to OU.org for information, OU.org for information, or contact uh, anyone in the uh, NCSY, Yachad, or JLIC departments for more information about how your youngster, or you yourself, if you are a youngster, can get involved in these programs for the summer of 2020. Tuesday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM. Sleep, me 
JM in the AM. Misha Asa. That's actually a song that um, that was requested on our app from Shalshelis, volume number five. Haven't played that album in quite a while, I must say. Uh, Shalshelis, number five, here at JM in the AM. Um, speaking of the app, listener Rebecca says she was on Michlela 22 years ago. We were talking about summer programs. She was on Michlela 22 years ago. She's still friends with the people that she met then. That's pretty cool. Um, oh, and then everyone, everyone is chiming in about where there are Trader Joe's after my guesses on the air <laughs> because of our friends at A&H. So one listener says is a Trader Joe's in Brick, New Jersey. One listener says is a Trader Joe's in Hewlett in the five towns. One listener says is a Trader Joe's in Baltimore. Boy, oh boy, I'll tell you. A diverse selection of Trader Joe's with A&H hot dogs around the country. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Well, our good friend Rabbi Mark Schneier, founding rabbi of the Hampton Synagogue, is with us live via telephone, no doubt, even in the Hamptons. They're going through a different summer and a different upcoming 4th of July weekend than they would in a quote-unquote regular year. Rabbi Schneier, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning. Nice to speak with you. Pleasure. Is it very different, by the way? Is the population different? Are more people, especially the older ones, staying away from synagogue or have the restrictions and the guidelines dictated that you can only have a certain number in the sanctuary? What's happening out there in the Hamptons during this period of time that's usually really hot and heavy out there? Well, first, the Hamptons is overrun with people. Um, never have seen such a population explosion. Really? Uh, it's become the uh, promised land <laughs> uh, for all the uh, refugees from uh, the Upper East Side and other exclusive uh, you know, communities in the metropolitan area. People like, who, who would normally not be there? There, there are more people here. Oh, I yeah. mean, very, very challenging to find a home. It's like in the midst of this pandemic, it's, it's like living in Disneyland out here. Oh, yeah. um, and I must tell you that from a congregational point of view, it has been opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. I had four goals this summer. The first was to be the um, first major synagogue of New York to reopen, right. which we accomplished on Shavuot. We were the first synagogue. And let's remember that uh, our guidelines that were formulated by an in-house medical committee of the Hampton Synagogue have been labeled um, by the Suffolk County Chief Executive Steve Malone, by, um, by Andrew Cuomo and others on, on the governor's staff as the gold standard uh, here in New York. In fact, two weeks ago, the Jewish Week wrote that arguably the Hampton Synagogue protocols um, are the strictest of any house of worship in New York. Um, and yet, you know, we're able to find that happy medium that balanced that past Shabbat. Uh, we had over 100 people at services. Uh, you know, we're very careful in terms of uh, social distancing. But uh, when you walk into the synagogue campus, uh, immediately um, your temperature is scanned. 
uh, sanitizing your hands under the watchful eye of our professional security. Everyone wearing masks. Um, we're probably the only synagogue I know of that has on staff a certified contact tracer so that anyone who was in shul over the weekend, anyone, everyone, received a call yesterday from our contact tracer to make sure they are well, to make sure they've not come in contact with... Wow. Yeah, so we're very, very strict, but you know, listen, we have <laughs> probably America's leading cantor. Uh, we do not have the uh, choir uh, this summer, at least not yet, uh, but we do have our choral director, uh, Maestro Heimoff, I'm not trying to be funny. Does the cantor use a mask or shield, or it's not necessary? No, no, he he does not when he's officiating. I'm just curious. Uh, I do not when I am speaking. Right. When I'm sitting in the congregation, I now sit in the congregation. Um, you know, we all have to wear masks. Right. But if I'm speaking from the pulpit, you know, I, I do not. But for example, if I have someone, um, if I have, let's say, Rabbi Bronstein speaking. Uh, making an announcement, let's say, five or ten minutes after I use that pulpit. That pulpit is then lysoled and sanitized. By the way, your sanctuary has a big advantage with the the walls the way they are. You have a great ventilation system. No, it's not ventilation. It's more than that. You know, we, in a matter of seconds, can transition into an outdoor facility. Right. So um, it's like davening in Central Park with the most magnificent tent. Right. People feel very comfortable. So my first mission was to be the first to reopen. Right. My second uh, fact that we're the only synagogue in the world that has a television platform. Right. And it is a phenomenon, unprecedented, that our pre-recorded Shabbat services on JBS are now viewed by over 200,000 homes across the country yeah, every that is, week. That is pretty remarkable. Unprecedented. My third uh, objective was to, well, for the past 17 years, thanks to the generosity of our great benefactors, uh, the Cayley family, uh, we have presented our uh, Jewish Film Festival right. um, at the theater you know, that they provide for us. Yeah, literally, for uh, those who haven't been there, it's a local movie theater that the shul, I assume at this point, either owns or controls, right? happened that, uh, needless to say, we can't use the theater. Right. So um, the president of the Hampton Synagogue, Carol Levin, came up with this brilliant suggestion. She said, Rabbi, you know, let's go with a drive-in, and <laughs> we have our own private airport. How and far is that airport from the shul? Uh, either 30 seconds or 60 seconds. That's where it is? Yes. Huh, I never realized that. And uh, as soon as you're coming into West Hampton Beach, you can't miss it. And uh, through the wonderful uh, good offices of our Suffolk County Chief Executive, Steve Alone, Steve arranged for our film festival every Sunday evening from July 5th through Labor Day weekend. So this Sunday, this Sunday you have a scheduled drive-in. Correct. Is it it sold out or you don't sell tickets in advance? No, no, we no. You have to register ah. in advance, but it's already oversubscribed. Wow. Um, we have uh, we made uh, an arrangement for the humble toast uh, food truck, which is probably the most celebrated kosher food truck in uh, 
the tri-state area. Hmm. Uh, they're going to be uh, serving dinner. You, know, you have to pre-order, but they're cooking on site. And the different food items you know, were named you know, for different synagogue celebrities. Uh, you can order a Hirsch stick. <laughs> uh, you can have a Kaylee burger. You can have a spicy Bronstein uh, Caesar salad. But the Schneier, you know, I asked my staff last week, I said, why is the Schneier the sandwich with the kosher bacon? <laughs> and they said because you're the big ham. So, uh, <laughs> and they got away. They got. They're still employed, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Or, or if someone on the staff said, "Look, it just fits the brand." Yeah, there you go. You should have. You should have the kosher bacon. Rabbi Mark Schneier with us, founding rabbi of the Hampton Synagogue. So that film festival is going to go on what through Labor Day? Correct. Every Sunday evening at eight thirty. Well, very nice. And the. Um, you know, the uh, the gates open at around 7, 7. So are you encouraging outsiders or because of the overrun that you described, and I can only imagine how the local population is quote-unquote happy with that, uh, or would you encourage only uh, only uh, Hampton people, Hampton Synagogue people no, to come? No, no. Uh, listen, as long as there's room, you have to call right. the Hampton Synagogue, go on our website, you know, thehamptonsynagogue.org. Is the local community a little... Uh, a little... Um, Hot under the collar with everybody coming in? No, no. It, it's not like there's this, um, you know, uh, you know, deluge of uh, right. you know, people coming. You know, I'm just saying it's just you're at it's capacity. Very full, right? It's very full, and uh, and then we're continuing our author discussion series in person on Thursday evenings, and we have some of the most celebrated Jewish authors who are showing up and speaking from the podium. From the pulpit. Again, the pulpit. we have limited seating. Right. Uh, some of these authors will also be uh, televised or uh, you know, we'll, we'll do it online. Um, so we're having, uh, you know, quite, I, I mean, I, the example we're setting that in the midst of all this craziness and in the midst of all, you know, this pandemic, there's still ways, you know, to celebrate, to celebrate as a community celebrating person. You just have to think out of the box. Now, if we're going to do something that I keep recommending to people not to do during this time, which is lament what could have been. Um, so it's a couple of things that are missing, obviously, aside from the fundraising for the synagogue, which is su- significant, substantial, and necessary, you still, even with that need, open up your synagogue to fundraising for important international Jewish causes. I would assume that that's going to be limited this summer. Well, it's limited in terms of many of these organizations, you know, have not reached out to us. Right. Because um, normally they would show up and spend Shabbat with you. Show up, you know, sometimes three, three or four at a time. Right. Um, but, um, it, you know, that's a very, very difficult, uh, very challenging. And if a synagogue is really known um, for, for many good reasons, but... But one of is no if if one of the reasons the synagogue is well known is for their kiddish, what happens during COVID nineteen when that kiddish would not be uh, be able to be? There presented? is there was no kiddish this summer. Wow! Uh, everyone you never walking. you never thought you'd say that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but um, everyone walking out of the shul, you know, gets a very special treat. Right. Um, from our local bakery and cafe, you know, which is under our kosher supervision. Um, but it's also, it just demonstrates that people 
are now coming to the shul for the kiddush. Right. Um, well, I'm telling you, there's a lot of positivity, um, good energy out here. Um, you know, the OU branded us a year ago as the most philanthropic uh, congregation in the Jewish world. Yeah, undisputed. Undisputed. And uh, listen, we, we plan on uh, living up to that you know, next summer. But again, I'm not comparing this season to prior seasons. I'm right. comparing what we're doing to what other houses of worship are doing. No, of course. And we are just crushing it. You, th- you think they'll allow the choir back in for Rosh Hashanah, or it's impossible to project? Oh, 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 100%. Oh, they will be there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's uh, no question that they will be there. And again, they have been you know, pre-recording with uh, Cantor Hershik, you know, the different Shabbat services. But in terms of being in person, they will be back for Rosh Hashanah. Information about all of this, including the Drive-In Film Festival, go to thehamptonsynagogue.org, The HamptonSynagogue.org. Two more things I want to discuss with you, Rabbi Schneier. First of all, uh, look, I mean, your relationship with the people in Dubai, UAE, it's well known. How do you think they and other Arab states will react if, in fact, uh, in a couple of days there is some type of formal annexation out of Jerusalem? First, I don't believe there's going to be some formal type of annexation. Maybe... There might be a token annexation in terms of communities like Male Adumim and a few others. Um, but uh, I, I don't think there's going to be you know, that formal, dramatic uh, annexation coming out of this. I mean, I'd be very, very surprised at this point. That's number one. And number two, which I've been saying all along throughout the pandemic, that um, Gulf states do see areas where they can work closely with Israel that transcend political and ideological differences. Probably the uh, first and foremost is combating uh, the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus. Um, If you had this cooperation partnership uh, between uh, the Gulf states and Israel, I I think as a region, uh, with their resources and Israel's brain trust and innovative technology, um, they could lead the way in terms of finding a cure, not only for the region, you know, but for the world at large. Right. And I've heard this from so many leaders across the Gulf, that, uh, and, and I, was just, I was very honored that the Arab News, which is the leading English paper in Saudi, Saudi uh, Arabia, for that matter, in the Gulf, actually featured an op-ed by me two weeks ago. Um, on this very subject, you know, they, they've never had an op-ed by a rabbi before. Um, and I spoke about, you know, the time for the Gulf and Israel to come together in combating coronavirus. But, uh, you know, Bahrain reached out to Sheba Medical Center. Kuwait reached out to Sheba Medical Center. Both uh, Qatar and UAE are sending uh, humanitarian aid to uh, Palestinians in Gaza right now. Um, it's it's a healthy competition in terms of which Gulf state can work with Israel. They're all going, you know, in their own, taking their own different paths. But there's no question that we're moving 
uh, to a place of uh, greater cooperation between Israel and the Gulf. Boy, what a different world we're in. And finally, and I'm taking a risk here because I don't know if you agree with me on this topic, it's the 19th day in a row that we've invited Governor Cuomo on to discuss his decision regarding overnight summer camps. Um, And I know that obviously you have a good relationship with the governor, as you mentioned. Uh, Do you find anything strange about the way he handled this, day camps being open, overnight camps being closed, and in general some of the inconsistencies that we've seen uh, regarding openings and closures due to COVID-19? Look, one thing I know that when it comes to the Jewish community, um, Andrew Cuomo's commitment, uh, there is no inconsistency. Um, you know, I know of his uh, supreme you know, commitment and dedication. And remember, I'm also speaking as one of his official advisors. You know, I was appointed uh, by the governor uh, to the task force uh, to uh, oversee the reopening of houses of worship in New York State. Um, I understand people's frustrations and upset. Um, at the same time, you know, look at where New York State is today and then look at states like Florida, Georgia, Texas, and the governor has taken a lot of heat uh, for being as vigilant and for being as um, forceful as he has been. Um, I've been very, very supportive of his efforts. I'm not trying to uh, minimize you know, the frustrations of uh, many, uh, whether people, you know, in you know, children in my own family or, uh, you know, you know in, in my congregational family. I understand the frustrations, but I think overall the governor has done an amazing, amazing job in setting the right example uh, here in the United States today. Well, I hope in your role as advisor you'll feel the, uh, uh, the um, I, I don't want to say need, but you'll feel the importance of asking him to accept our invitation and at least address this in this public forum to the community. I think one of the things that is so frustrating is that we just don't understand some of the logic behind it, and I think if he would explain that to our community, things would uh, go a lot a lot more smoothly. Uh, Rabbi Schneier, I thank you. Those who want to check out the film festival, drive-in style out at the Hamptons, it's thehamptonsynagogue.org. And uh, like you said, a little bit of a different summer, Rabbi, but I hope it'll be a productive summer for your synagogue. Sounds like it will be. It's going to be very productive very positive. Uh, we're just going to make the best of this situation. Let's remember, God willing, this is a temporary situation. We'll all get through it. And uh, I will definitely relay your message to the governor. I appreciate and, that. And, and let's see uh, what we can facilitate for you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that very much. And look forward to seeing you soon out there at, uh, what's the name of the cafe again? Remind me. Oh, the uh, Beach Bakery Cafe. Beach Bakery Cafe. Boy, I'll t- if, or, or if you want, you can join us for dinner at the Humboldt Toes Food Truck. I appreciate that. Remember, order the Schneier. That's the best thing. <laughs> I'm taking a risk if I don't make sure to have the Schneier on the menu. <laughs> Thank you, Rabbi. Be well. My pleasure. Inf- have a wonderful day. I appreciate that. Information, thehamptonsynagogue.org. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Kala, <laughs> 
chance, don't back out. Hashim gave the mitzvah, we bring simcha, the chata makala. We all up follow the herd. Fly like a bird, this is your time for achdus with the achu. For now, has no averas. Yum, keep pouring, never had so much flavor. One God, one name, one arm. From infinity and now to beyond. The most gracious one we love. With praises, we respond, we are. And the ikar is we are. Together like wicks on an air, half dollars. So break free as we will endeavor to make the world follow. Will endeavor to make the world follow. Kulanu. Everybody, let's go. Kulanu. Mo 
J.M. and the A.M. Tuesday, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abels and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954. Now, available at every Trader Joe's in the United States of America. How do you like that? Check it out. Also, check out their website, kosherdogs.net. Enjoy 10% off with promo code radio. Our friends at the Art Scroll have their final day of the sale. The final day of the sale is today. The June sale, final day is today, June 30th. Walk into your stores, save 25% off everything Art Scroll. Walk in, or go to the uh, go to go to the website artscroll.com. Again, go to the website artscroll.com. Save 25% off everything um, in the uh, 
it, it, on the website, 25% of everything, but just today because that's it. After today, it is uh, OVA in terms of the uh, big June sale. So go to artscroll.com for details. Earlier, I mentioned that um, that there's a website. There's a website. There's an email address that we're encouraging you to use, resume at NahumSiegel.com. Anybody out there who needs a job, send us their resume because you never know who we know that we can match them up with. So it's resume at NahumSiegel.com, resume at NahumSiegel.com. Now, there have been layoffs at a lot of not-for-profits out there, but our friends at the Joel Paul Group remind us that they have clients who are hiring. So if you're recently laid off or if you're looking for your next job in the not-for-profit sector, email your resume to us, resume at nachomsegel.com, and they'll be forwarded if you're in the uh, not-for-profit, uh, not-for-profit Jewish executive domain. They'll be forwarded to our friends at the Joel Paul Group. So again, it's resume at NahumSiegel.com, resume at NahumSiegel.com. Also, mazel tov to my neighbor, Baruch Lunzer of the uh, Ohel Base Ezra. Um, the Ohel Base Ezra facility here on the Lower East Side and to the Lunzer family on the marriage of Baruch's brother, Eli, to Yosefa Heber of Miami and New York. It was a backyard wedding that happened in Englewood, New Jersey. And um, uh, Cantor Burson, who uh, we just played, and Cantor Hurstick, who we were just talking about, and Cantor Mulbauer and Cantor Stern, uh, were all part of the uh, beautiful Chuppah celebration. So Mazel Tov Baruch Lunzer and to your uh, wonderful brother Ellie and his bride Yosefa and the entire Lunzer and Heber families from all of us here at JM in the AM. More coming up at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. Tuesday morning on this 30th of June. One of our uh, listeners is taking issue with my description as June 30th being the halfway point for the year 2020. (laughs) I'll tell you, it's amazing. Um, Apparently, according to this listener, because the year has a February 29th, the halfway would be the day would be between July 1st and July 2nd. I would think that even without that. Oh, you're saying, yeah, no. I would think even without the the February 29th. Oh, no, actually right. Because the February 29th, so now, so now the halfway would be after July the 1st, as opposed to, I guess, after today. Woo! Boy, oh boy, I'll tell you. Rough crowd, as they say, but I want to get it right, so... Almost the halfway point of 2020. Turo College, the nation's largest institution of higher education under Jewish auspices and the Orthodox Union, the nation's oldest and largest umbrella organization for the North American Orthodox Jewish community, has awarded its prestigious Sarah Rifka and Dr. Bernard Lander scholarships to four deserving NCSY teens. The scholarships are awarded annually by Turo and the OU. To outstanding NCSY graduates, the OU's international youth movement, who choose to attend one of Turo's Lander Colleges in New York City. It could be Lander College for Men, Lander College for Women, uh, Lander College of the Arts and Sciences. Scholarship recipients are Shifra Dimbert from Teaneck, New Jersey, Yael Gonzalez from Schenectady, New York, Indigo Nishama Paris from Portland, Oregon, and Hannah Feed from Chesterfield, Missouri. The scholarships in memory of Turo's founding president and his wife, were announced by Turo President and CEO, Dr. Alan Kadish, and OU President, Maish Bain. With us live via telephone is the Dean of the Lander College for Women, the Anna Ruth and Mark Hastings School. Dr. Marion Stoltz-Loike is with us live via telephone. Doctor, welcome to JM and the AM. Hi, Nachum. It's really it's a pleasure to be here with you. And I have to tell you, I'm looking forward to speaking with you and your listeners about the OU scholarship because it's just such a great example of collaboration so that we're able to work toward a common goal of building the future leadership of the Jewish community. You know, I would bet, knowing what I know about NCSY, that there are a lot of potential candidates for this scholarship. Narrowing it down to four nationwide, I can't imagine was easy. It's definitely not. We take recommendations from the regional directors. Uh, so we make it a little easier for ourselves so that we're putting the burden on them. <laughs> but the number of outstanding students that come either as OU Turo scholars or come to us directly from NCSY is just so impressive. And they inspire everyone at the school, and each one of them is a leader in their own right. Are, you're correct. It's very hard to choose. Are they pursuing a specific area of interest within Turo, or can be open to anybody on any subject track? That's exactly right. It could be open in any field, and they go on to pursue all kinds of degrees. It might be biology or psychology, like so many of our other students. They might go into computer science or math or English or history. So they are diverse in their interests but common in their commitment to Yiddishkeit and wanting to make the world a better place 
because of their commitment to Yiddishkeit. Do these students have to apply for this scholarship at a specific point, or is this something that once it's known uh, who you're going to be accepting and, and who you are expecting in Turo for the upcoming season, then you contact the uh, different regional directors for consideration? How does it work? So basically, it's a combination of both. Uh, students are applying, and we may follow up with regional directors because, as you know, so many of the leaders, so many people involved in leadership at Turo also are close to the OU, involved in NCSY, and actually several of us serve on the board of the OU as well. I would bet so there are a I, bunch of NCSY professionals and advisors that at this point are Turo graduates. Well, I want to tell you, besides that, there are a number of senior leaders at Turo who are former NCSYers. So it is part and parcel of our DNA to care about NCSY, to care about the OU, and obviously to care about Turo. But as far as regional directors, absolutely. And we do try to be close to our alums. I mean, they are our future, and they know who we are. So we rely on their recommendations, their perspectives as well as those of the regional directors. Very nice. Um, with us live via telephone, Dr. Marion Stoltz-Loike. She is the dean of the Lander College for Women, New York City. Um, and these these scholarships are so vital. This is not a conversation to complain about the cost of college. I'm not, I mean, we understand why the, you know, the finances are the way they are with everything that colleges provide these days. Uh, and the people that you need to pay, uh, but the burden that is lifted from families when they are recipients of a scholarship like this is really priceless, frankly. Uh, I agree with you so much. And I have to tell you, when I look at back at some of what former awardees have received, uh. we have awardees who now want to work, just as some examples, a world-famous psychiatrist, the head of a division of Long Island Jewish Hospital, and uh, certainly in these days, we always realize the importance of those positions, but even more so given what we've been through the last few months. We have noted educators in Eretz Yisrael and obviously in the United States as well. And then we have people who have gone into business and hold key positions in domestic and international business. So when we're looking at it, it's not just about a scholarship for a few years while a student is in college. It's a transformational opportunity for a student who, as you said, college is, exp- is expensive, who might not have had the same experience in college. And what's so special about this partnership is it enables students to pursue their academic and professional dreams without in any way compromising on their commitment to Judaism, to Yiddishkeit, to being leaders in the Jewish community. Yeah. No question about it. By the way, you, you alluded to the way you know this semester, this year ended on the college scene. Uh, is, is there a way for you to sum it up? I mean, I think most of us are familiar, basically, with how things went on every type of campus, on every school level out there. How did it go for Turo? And is there anything to say regarding the fall of 2020, anything official yet, in terms of the way things might work in the upcoming semester? Sure. I, I think it's, uh, in terms of how it's gone, I... I you know, I have to tell you, you mentioned that uh, we we operate under the leadership of President Kadish, Dr. Alan Kadish. Right. And he has just been a genius in terms of being thoughtful about what we do and careful. So when we started back in March, before everything shut down, he already had everybody working toward a plan. 
What are we going to do if we need to shut down? How can we work toward enabling our students to continue in their, to excel and succeed in education? And we've done a tremendous amount providing training for faculty and teaching remotely. And the feedback from students has just been outstanding. So we went completely online, did everything remotely. We have, in addition to just our Zoom-enabled classes, we've always had a very solid uh, asynchronous online program. And it is it has been the feedback from students and faculty has been very positive. We're continuing training faculty over the summer so they can do even a better job. Uh, and in the fall, like I think most colleges, we're going to have a combination of remote and classroom education so that we can satisfy the needs of our students. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Interesting. The landscape is interesting in the world of education now, isn't it? It really is. It really is. And I have to tell you what's been fascinating is to watch faculty members who said, we can't ever go online. We can't teach remotely. We need to be in a classroom. Yeah. Not only did they step up to the, uh, you know, to the plate and do a great job, but it's transformed everybody's thinking of what's possible in higher education. Yeah, I'm just looking up, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Dr. Kadish. Uh, he was our guest here, and I believe he was live in studio. I think I don't remember uh, if March third we still had live guests in studio, but March third, uh, the Tuesday before Purim, he was actually a guest of ours, addressing the whole issue of the pandemic and what to expect and precautions, etc. So yeah, he was he was compared to many others, he was uh, way ahead uh, timing wise yeah. when it came to uh, how the community needed to react to this whole COVID nineteen situation. Yeah, we've been very lucky because he's not only been ahead of the game then, we didn't shut down for another week. Also, just some of the things we did, you mentioned the scholarships. Right. We're very sensitive to the issue of family finances, especially at this time. So when we shut down our dorms, we refunded. We shut our dorms on March 12th, and we refunded to our students the balance of what they had paid for right. their dorm tuition because we knew the pressures that families have we didn't want that to be an additional pressure on them. And those pressures are only going to increase, especially for those families that are involved with certain industries. It's going to be a tough time ahead. And uh, no doubt your scholarship committee and the people who are running Turo are paying careful attention to what they could do to help students in the future. You're absolutely right. And that's why I think in terms of the scholarship, <clears throat> we're so excited about being able to have the scholarship. And the students, you mentioned Shifra and Hannah and right. Sama Ignael are just, you know, they're inspiring to us, students like them, because we think we're looking at what we can do to give them a foundation. But when you look at how much they do, in addition to their academic commitments, how much they're constantly involved in the community, what they're doing for other students, what they're doing for other people within their communities, I think they inspire us. No question about it. Well, kudos to Turo, kudos to uh, the OU, and I thank you for joining us. Dr. Marion Stoltz-Loike is the dean of the Lander College for Women. Uh, best regards to everybody at Lander and continued success moving forward. I know that it's going to be an interesting summer and certainly an interesting fall of 2020. It will, and Nachum, thank you. I heard while I was in the waiting room you were talking about jobs. Right. and what needs to be done. So thank you for everything 
you do in communicating information but caring about our community. So thank you. I appreciate that. We're trying our best, and I thank you for that. Tuesday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
Sheyavo, done by Michal Przanski, Aaron Razel before that with Achi Yesh. Tuesday morning, JM and the AM, 70 degrees, mix of clouds and sun, maybe a thunderstorm this afternoon with a high of 80. It's Tuesday morning, JM and the AM. Today was supposed to be the first day for campers up at Camp Hask, meaning the way Camp Hask was supposed to operate. Yesterday, the first day, was supposed to be up at Camp Masora for campers, as many of you know. Now, for 19 days in a row, we've invited the governor on to discuss his decision regarding camps. That decision is actually going to be heard in a hearing today. Let's hope, let's hope that uh, that goes well and that the decision is uh, overturned and that the summer camps, overnight camps, can open up on the campuses where they want to open up. Let's hope. We'll see what happens later today. Um, don't forget to get your resumes in. If you know somebody or if you yourself are looking for employment, Resume at NahumSiegel.com. Our friends at the Joel Paul Group do uh, have clients that are hiring. Uh, so if we see any resume that comes to us, resume at NahumSiegel.com. If we see a resume that comes to us that's clearly 
for the Jewish not-for-profit executive world. We will forward that to our friends at the Joel Paul Group. Keep that in mind. Um, yes, keep that in mind. Don't forget our spring fundraiser. If you haven't yet supported our efforts here at JM and AM and the Nahum Siegel Network, we need you. We need you. We need you every single year. That's the reality, and thank God all of you understand that. And you do come through for us every single year. But this year in particular, so many of our revenue streams are gone, completely gone during COVID-19. So we're asking all of you to please give what you can and as generously as you can um fjbunity.org fjbunity.org again that's fjbunity.org and we thank you Mordechai Shapiro at JM in the AM Oh, you live for nothing, nah, nah. 
J.M. in the A.M. with Mordechai Shapiro ready to wrap up a Tuesday. Don't forget we've got the J.M. Rewind coming up. And after Alan Fagan, by the way, uh, outgoing vice president, uh, outgoing executive vice president of the OU is part of our J.M. Rewind coming up next here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, live lunch. Avrami is uh, going to be doing a live lunch from Israel. Yeah, we gave him off last Tuesday. We were out in the five towns doing the live lunch. Well, actually, we didn't give him off because he still ends up doing so much work for us during the live lunch. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's up from me. He's amazing. Uh, but he is going to be hosting the live lunch today and tomorrow, so uh, join him between 11 and 1 Eastern time. Again, he'll be doing the live lunch today and tomorrow, and uh, no doubt doing an amazing and incredible job, as he always does, so make sure to join him. If you have not yet supported our Spring 2020 fundraiser, please, please do. Um, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Again, fjbunity.org. And... Um, if you'd like to just send in a donation, it's Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York City, 1002. Again, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York City, 1002. Uh, and I thank you. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Tuesday here at JM in the AM. I know that we are going to be speaking to Rabbi Fast, Nefesh Benefesh, again this week at some point, I think Thursday. And tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, um... It's very possible that our friends at Art Scroll are going to be featuring something on the air as well. We're going to shore up those details and uh, and get those out there once they are shored up uh, to everybody ASAP. Get your resumes in. Resume at NahumSiegel.com. Resume at NahumSiegel.com. Speaking of Art Scroll, take advantage of their final day of the June sale. Everything 25% off. It's the final day at both your retailers and at ArtScroll.com retailers and artsgirl.com have a fabulous tuesday till tomorrow Nahum Siegel reminding you remember to pass live the present and trust the future